there are definitely some not so pretty parts, but then, you know, the rewards are so great when you do figure it out or take some risks. Episode 165. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com and opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenrock.com. I want to give a quick shout out to Jeree Freeman, who had left an awesome review in iTunes for the Biz Women Rock podcast. Thank you so much, girl. Um, She said, these are strong females to role model after. This show has enlightened me to amazing women from all walks of life. It has inspired me to reach for the next rung on the ladder. Thanks, Katie. You rock. Well, Jeree, you rock too, girl. You are awesome. And I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to write that review and let me know how these interviews are really impacting you. This is why I do it. If you would like to leave a review and let me know uh, how these interviews have really impacted you, any particular interview that you really loved, uh, all you have to do is go into your podcast app on your phone um, or just go into iTunes directly. Go find Biz Women Rock. And uh, there's a really easy way that just says, you know, leave a review. I'd love to hear from you. All right, now let's take a second to hear from our friend Niall at LinkedIn Focus. I'm here with Niall Nickel, the founder of LinkedIn Focus, an amazing tool that allows you to get educated on the things that absolutely work to get results from LinkedIn. Niall, share a secret with us. What do we as businesswomen need to know so that we can really get the best LinkedIn juice out of LinkedIn? You know, I'm going to share my biggest and best tip with you ever. Nice. Now, now I'm really prefacing this because I want you to understand the gold in this. You may have heard this, but I want you to understand the value. And we're going to talk about the headline in your LinkedIn profile. Well, a lot of people say, what is my headline? The headline are the words that are directly under your name in your profile. And unless you do something to change that and customize it, it will be the latest position in your experience list that you have and the company. So it might be, uh, you know, business manager at at, um, Acme Insurance, for example. Um, And that's just not a very catchy headline or catchphrase. You want it to be a little bit of a hook. You want people to read it. You want your key words in there. And you want people to say, hmm, tell me more. They want to know what's in it for them. So give them the what's in it for them, not, you know, something that's worthless. Now, here's the real power. You've got 120 characters to do that. So take your time, write it carefully. But based on what you do on that headline, Google will SEO that headline with your name on LinkedIn in somewhere between 4 to 12 hours, and you're going to see results all over the internet, not just on LinkedIn, in 4 to 12 hours. Super important, easy to do. 
That's awesome. I had no idea that that actually happens. Man, great tip from Niall. If you want more tips that can really make an impact on your LinkedIn profile, getting found on LinkedIn, and really leveraging LinkedIn to get results for your business, go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Holly Green is here with me today. She is the founder of Nora Bloom Botanicals and Beauty Lounge. Two very, very different businesses, but very complimentary that work very well together. Her beauty lounge is uh, something that she started 17 years ago just as a way to be able to stay at home with her daughter when she first had her as a single mom. Um, and uh, she has spent all these years basically building that out very successfully. And then eight years ago, she had the brilliant idea to start up her own line of uh, beauty products, and that is the Nora Bloom Botanicals. So in this conversation, we talk about the evolution that her business has had over these past 17 years. Uh, we talk about not only the lounge aspect and the spa, but we talk about her products and what it's taken to really get that up and going. Um, a little bit of a brand change that she did. We talk about some tools that she uses that are really spectacular and help automate her business. Um, and the overall theme of this conversation is uh, slow, deliberate, um, intuitive growth. And I just think that you will really connect with it as far as how she decided to grow. Uh, and she just has a lot of really, really great pieces of information here. So let's get rolling. Miss Holly, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. My pleasure. So very happy that you're here. Um, really excited to talk about all of the really cool things that you've created with Nora Bloom Botanicals and your beauty lounge, um, because it's such a different business in the sense that you're kind of balancing product and a service-based business um, and very niche. And uh, I'm really excited to hear about how you've done all of that stuff. So let's start from the beginning. Um, how did you even come up with this idea? Well, uh, my daughter is 17 now. And so in my early 20s, I was a massage therapist, just a one-room massage therapist, um, and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So in order to do that, I just saw clients out of my home, and then slowly it started to grow, and I became interested in aesthetics, and then that began to grow, and as she got a little older, I decided I needed an office space. One thing led to another, and the offices continued to grow, and then after after all that time, now we have, you know, almost a 1,500 square foot location, two treatment rooms, a team of three, and it just slowly, I, it wasn't my idea in the beginning. It's just one thing led to another. When you were, um, when you were first kind of formulating this and it, it sort of had that moment when it became like an official business, like, okay, you're really doing this and this is really what you're relying on and you got to do that. Um, you know, what, what sort of like things did you have to organize? And I'm talking about like the business of it, because the business of like massage therapy or the business of a, of, you know, like a really nice salon that offers all of the sort of services that you do or lounge, um, it requires very, like some special stuff that, you know, maybe a different type of manufacturing business doesn't need. So what kind of things did you have to put together in order to organize the business to get it set? Well, I had no idea. I needed an LLC or a DBA, <laughs> and you know, I'd meet someone at the bank, and I'd say, "You know, I think I think I need a business account," and they would say, "Well, you don't have your paperwork. You need a DBA." 
So I'd go get a DBA. I wasn't even sure what that meant. And then I would meet, you know, an accountant, and they would say, well, do you have an LLC? I was like, well, can you tell me what that is? And then I went to go get that. So then I thought, you know, I kind of need a website. So just played around with different templates and had a website. Um, And each thing led to another. And people were so helpful along the way, and their guidance helped me go to the next step. I mean, I didn't know... I mean, I had no idea what DBA even stood for. I was like, oh, I need one of those. What are, you know? So each person just kind of, I would run into a wall and someone would be there to say, no, go there. So, you know, it, I didn't have a business plan in the beginning. I just wanted to make some money while my daughter was at preschool or, you know, while she was away, I could, you know, make a, a you know, a few bucks here and there. I wasn't really, kind of wanted to be a homemaker. I wasn't really looking to be a, you know, a savvy entrepreneur, but I think that fire was always there. So constant ideas were being generated. So, you know, every time I had an idea, I'd run it by someone and it kind of took off a little bit. And then one thing would just lead to another. When, when did you get your first team member to start working with you? Because, you know, you're describing something that you you are the person providing the services, and then you're also the person running the business. And I think every woman listening who has ever run a business at some point was that woman doing everything. So at, at what point did you hire somebody on, and what did you have them do? Well, at first, I wouldn't say I, I, I do consider my team looking back, you know, the the accountant, the designer, um those were all team members, but they were sort of outside the immediate circle. So I kind of started there. You know, I got real um, clear with myself about what do I not like to do and what do I love to do. So I'm more of a visionary, and I love working with the people. Um, I'm not a tech-savvy web person, but I love design. Um, I cannot stand numbers, which is pretty funny to run a business, and I freak out when I see numbers. So I knew (laughs) I had to have an accountant. So at first, the first phase was, you know, team members were sort of outside my circle. Um, it wasn't until a few years ago I added a team member, but it was they were just subleasing an office from me. Then I kind of realized, you know, if I want to work smarter, not harder, hmm, maybe I need to grow a little bit and actually have team members, which are employees, which it has only been a couple years that I've had experience having employees. Wow, and this is after 17 years in business, right? Right. I mean, and at first it was just, what do I do when my little one's in preschool or in kindergarten, you know, I had all day, what was I supposed to do with myself, you know? Um, Yeah, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Hmm. There wasn't a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm I'm gathering that theme is that you have a you have very organic growth. So, um, you know, in all of your years, you just kind of keep on stumbling across what the next thing is supposed to be. And you keep just continuing to build it, listening to your intuition, figuring it out along the way, which I think is really smart. Have you, um, you, you mentioned before you didn't have a business plan to start. At what point did you start getting organized about that? Like, okay, I need a plan. I need to know where I'm going. And now I need to kind of create a right. strategy on how to do that. When the bank told me to, <laughs> which was <laughs> two years ago. I mean, I had vision boards. I had journals. I had sort of a, a plan, but not not the kind of plan that like, you know, the banker doesn't want to see your Pinterest and your vision boards and all your journals. Um, even though I took them because I was kind of impressed by the vision, they didn't really care. 
um, actually, two years ago when I expanded into a place I actually needed renovation, I needed a small business loan, and I wanted to keep it so small that I could pay it off within a year. Um, wow. Because I had saved enough to put, put, put a chunk down, and at that point, the bankers, the, the loan officers were like, you know, we really need a business plan. And I sort of shut down a little bit because that means there's numbers involved. So I actually paid my accountant to write my business plan and because she knew my, my numbers so well and she knew what I was trying to accomplish, but I didn't have the, the language to speak. I didn't feel confident enough to say, you know, I would much rather show you my journals and my vision board. Right. So here you are. <laughs> like, you know, let me let me pay you this amount of money. Here's my vision board. Go. That's a real that's actually yeah. really smart. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you like my idea? Yeah, I, I like the delegation. I didn't really know how I didn't know how to break down my idea into numbers because I wasn't working for numbers. I was working to I mean, I'm in the spa world. I want to make people happy. I'm a natural caregiver. I mean, money came in. I didn't, it didn't matter to me how much came in at the point. I just really wanted to create a place where, where women could come and feel happy and, and lighter when they leave. So it wasn't because I wasn't in it for the money in the beginning. It was never um, like a main focus for me as, you know, the numbers. So you just can, you just gave that over to her so you could actually create that. Now, do you, did you and do you now like follow that business plan? Like, do you use that as a strategy? Or, or I guess the better question is, what do you use as a manner to keep you moving forward towards what your vision is? Well, I still have my vision boards. <laughs> I gotcha. still have my journals. I still rely on Pinterest. Um, I actually, it kind of, it's more intuit, intuition, mm-hmm. you know, what feels right. I try to not make, I try to think smarter at this point where I actually think something through instead of being, okay, let's just do that. I give myself some time. I, I don't make quick decisions. I And I used to all the time because, you know, I was just running around crazy. But, but now I kind of sit a little more. And because I have employees, that's all new information to me, and that's very businessy. And it kind of takes me out of my original plan was just, do what you love, love what you do, and make other people happy. It's changed it slightly because now I have to worry about, you know, a serious budget supplies, staying kind of, you know, making sure that the Facebook post and the Instagram, like there's so much more to it than how it started. Right. Now that it's real and it's tangible and it's like this own entity of itself that's growing even, I mean, really beyond you. Right. Yeah. Um, was that the first loan that you had ever gotten or did you take out a loan in the very beginning? Like, did you incur any sort of Never. like support? No, I've always tried to run a debt-free business because I don't want stress. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that makes me feel stressed. So I only took sort of a cushion loan out just in case the build out costs more and it did. So, um, I, I had that loan and I was able to pay it back within a year, which was my goal. And that's something that, you know, I actually had to think about for a really long time. And it really caused a lot of stress, to be honest with you, because I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision because in the back of my head, I was just like, this is crazy. Just go to nursing school. (laughs) Stable income, you know. I love how you choose that out of the blue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you just quit this? (laughs) But no, I mean, there was, 
you know, and I couldn't find a location. I was like, oh, no, the universe does not want me to do this. And all of a sudden, there pops a location, and everything, few bumps, but mostly everything went just really smooth. And I was like, yes, you know, if I want to work harder, work smarter, not harder, and my daughter's growing up, you know, I want to have more time with her. I want to, you know, be able to be available to her financially and other ways that she needs. And if I'm going to do this, let's just do it, you know? So that's what I did. Just did it. Wow. And I think that that's that's a very interesting theme of like choosing to be debt-free for your business. There are sort of two paths that any businesswoman can take. And I've had both types of women on the show, the people who – you know, are are really in the space of going out and raising funds and, um, you know, sometimes millions and millions of dollars in order to get their business off the ground. Some Somewhere in between of women, you know, taking on either loans from family or friends or the bank or what have you to be able to build their stuff out. And then women who are like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I know I'm going to build slower because of that, but that's going to be my choice. And um, and what, what have been some of the I guess, like, how have you been hindered by that? And what have been some of the major benefits for you that you've seen over these past 17 years? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, I like that my business is mostly (laughs) debt-free. Now, um, if someone wanted to purchase it for me, I'd feel better about that. It would be less complicated. People have told me, you need to have debt. You need, But I guess I just, intuitively, I just don't want to be tied down because I do feel like if I wanted to step out at any time, I'd like that choice. If, if you know, life shifts and I want to move, it's not like, you know, I have a lounge and I have products. Products can move with me. The beauty lounge is pretty much an Ithaca, New York thing. I can't, I can't up and leave. And, you know, as a single mom for so long, I guess I feel like I can't, I just don't, I want to be able to walk away if I want to right. or change or, you know, and if I'm tied down to a lot of debt, I just don't think I have that freedom. Right. Um, right. Not that I have any plans to walk away in case clients are listening, but, you know, I want that freedom. And it, it the, the downside, it has taken me so much longer to, to get where I am than if, you know, someone would have gifted me money or I took out a big loan but I didn't know what I wanted 10 years ago or 17 years ago. And it's just evolved into what it is now. I wouldn't have had a plan, right. a solid plan. And, and you're still learning every day. So yep. that makes it really tricky. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned your product line. When, how many years after you started the lounge did you, did you go live with a product line? Well, that was quite a process. Um, because you don't just start those overnight, apparently. Like in my head, oh, I think I'm going to do it. But I was at my very, very first women's networking event. Um, it was like a country club, and beautifully dressed women would come in and stand up and tell about their business. And I said, oh, I work out of my home. I'm an esthetician. And I didn't really have anything exciting to say, so I was really worried. When it came to my turn, my girlfriend is a graphic designer, who's still currently the graphic designer for Nora Bloom. She was sitting beside me, and I stood up and I said, you know, and I'm starting a skincare line. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, yes, we'll talk about it later. So um, what happened was I was working with a bunch of other fantastic small skincare lines, but there was always something missing. It was either their pack, like I wish their packaging was different, or I wish they were in glass, or I wish, you know, they didn't have that ingredient, or I wish their customer service was better, or, you know, so I was like, you know, yeah, I think I am going to start my own 
So it took months of just calling people. And I would Google something and I'd call someone and they would say, yeah, your first order needs to be 10,000 units. And I'm like, oh my God, I wow. thought maybe 10 or 20, right. you know. And so then I stumbled upon a, a nice woman who then sent me to another woman who then sent me to another woman and she just, the owner of the really huge corporation called me back and, you know, she answered the phone actually and she walked me through the process and she's like, I work with small businesses, I work with large businesses and, you know, this is how it works. And I was like, wow, you know, God, I wish I had a ton of money because I could just get this thing going overnight and exactly what I wanted. But I didn't have a ton of money. So we started out with six products. It was called something different because I realized, oh, you also need a trademark, which I didn't have. So (laughs) I had to change the business name, um, which now is Nora Bloom trademarked, of course. And, you know, over time, the locals really loved it. They embraced it. They kept rebuying it. So we were able to reformulate, get a little more organic. Then we packaged in glass and we changed the labels. So only that process from... That was about eight years ago when I planted that seed. And since then, in the last two years, we rebranded, and now we're screen printing on the glass. So our numbers are getting a little bigger. But it's still, I mean, we have a lot of locals who buy things. We have some random out-of-state orders. But it's just getting going, even after eight years. Right. What, What percentage would you say are your product sales versus your lounge sales? Well, definitely the lounge is the bread and butter, right. um, and always has been. My next two-year goal is to actually have the um, skincare products triple the sales of the beauty lounge for sure. Um, again, that's going to take some time, um, but I would say maybe 35% of skincare is actual product sales, mm. and the rest is mostly and and that we've started to work on that we're trying to get in health food stores and have a wholesale account um taking some pr webinar classes trying to learn how to pitch to editors i mean there's a lot of lot going on really yeah well i was going to ask you right now for your product line what sort of marketing things are working for you like what um what works to get you in front of people and to actually produce a sale for you well i think a nice easy online store make it very user-friendly, quick, quick, done. Um, I think having really nice high-res photos kind of give the the products like a nice, fresh, clean look. But really, when we put our hands on people in the beauty lounge with the facials, they sell themselves because it's a little different. It's nourishment for the skin. The skin feels different after. It feels like it's had a nice meal full of vitamins. It's really different than, you know, other skincare lines. And it's a simple skincare line, and then word of mouth, and then people rebuy. I'm still trying to figure out, <laughs> actually, how to introduce the whole world to the Nora Bloom Botanicals products. And that's sort of, you know, why I'm continuing to take these um, PR school classes and things like that. Right. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of the tools that you use as um, as a spa business and as a product-based business, because I thought they were really interesting. You use a tool called Startup that um, is sort of like, um, oh man, what's the online like purchasing? It, it basically allows people to go to your website, they click on, yes, I want to see the products, and then they go to uh, your, basically your account on Startup. And that allows them to sort of like choose product. It's a really easy shopping cart, right? Um, square? Square yeah, up? Yeah. Is that square up? 
Yep, that is Square. I actually really like that. We just switched over to that. It is so user-friendly. It's easy for the, you know, for us to track inventory. It's on our iPad. Our cash register is an iPad. They have new features. Um, the online booking's fabulous. Um, the receipt printing set, like everything about it is clean and sleek and customer service, tech support, fantastic. Awesome. Um, the fees might seem high at first until you compare it to other things and realize most of the system's free. Got it. Except for the online booking, you can do add-ons. Even has a time clock for your team, and that's nice. So it's all, it's kind of all in one. So this is and all we've up. had this since um, December, early December. We switched over, and our customers love it. We love it. Very easy. That's awesome. And then you can do online appointment booking for for this. And I found this really interesting because not a lot of spots actually have this option. Most of them, you still need to call in. You need to make a you know like a manual appointment, and then maybe you get an email that confirms it. But you actually have a whole online scheduling system that people can go to. It's really clean. It's easy. I want this. I want this is the service I want. This is the time I want to come in. This is how much it's going to be. Um, you know, it makes it really easy. Do they pay for that beforehand? Like, do they pay for that online? The services when they book. Yeah. Or no, yeah. it's actually just to hold your appointment. Got it. And it's really nice because we are a small team. And we were on the second floor of a downtown building, so we actually don't want a lot of walkthroughs, and we don't want a lot of phones ringing. So what we do is, um, if you happen to call us, and we're busy with a customer, we shoot you a text by just pushing a button on our iPhone, and it actually sends you a text that says, hey, you know, we're with a customer, you're important important to us, how about just booking online or leaving us a message? And it takes them right to the um, the site but then they can book online, and that happens all the time. I'll see the same number I missed because I was with someone else, and then they've just booked an appointment. And because it's really clear and fast, you don't need a login. You don't need a credit card. You just punch what you want done, and they get a text, and they get an email, and they get a reminder text with a map and directions or parking instructions, and it's just real simple. It's kind of taken the receptionist out a little bit, but... We do have a more private second floor um, location, so it works for us really well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just a cool, cool tool. I wanted to make sure everyone had that, and I totally screwed up the name. It's Square Up, so I'll make sure to have. Yes, square up. I'll make sure to have a link to that um, that tool in the show notes. But um, I, as I was doing your my, my research on you, I was just like, wow, that's really cool. That's really clean. It's really simple, and it really allows um, for all of that stuff. So. Um, Holly, what are your what are some of your major plans for you know growth? Like how you want to scale out? Like, um, are you do you have a desire to open other locations and you know other spas in different locations? Do you have a? I know you well, said I, you have a desire yeah. to have more product, but like, what's sort of the plan for that? Okay, so <laughs> at first I thought Nora Bloom is a cute little package. We could franchise this and small towns might perhaps my favorite places to visit, and that might drive me crazy, trying to make sure that each one is run to perfection, and, you know, it's, because it was quite an undertaking, having yeah. the lounge with just, you know, three of us. It's, it's quite a lot of work. Um, now I'm kind of thinking, um, kind of want to branch out more with the products. So I'd love to be in more health food stores. I'd love to pitch to some editors for magazines and have some articles, have some uh, rounds, being some roundups, some 
you know, mentions, I think that's where I'm going to focus my energy right now is growing the skincare line because we are such a small beauty lounge. At some point, there are days and weeks when our rooms are full and you can't get in. So that's just going to kind of max out here soon, I would think. And we're, I'm not really looking to grow that part. Um, because, again, I don't have the freedom when I'm in the lounge as I would just having product. Right. Yeah. What it, What has been one of the most challenging moments or the, just the lowest moments that you've had over these years? And how have you gotten out of it? Oh, my. <laughs> well, truth be told, that point when I was, which was a few years ago, when I was kind of like, you know what? I've tried. I've tried. I can't find a space. I'm not even from New York. Maybe I should just go home down south. Like, that was that was a point where, should I just go to nursing school? That was really hard because I'm happiest when I'm in a treatment room with another person, kind of connecting, hands-on body. They come in uptight. They leave lighter. That whole process um, and the people development, the relationships, that's my favorite part, um, which is why I thought nursing would be perfect. <laughs> but... I guess at that point, I was so burnt out of trying everything under the sun. Partly, I think it was because of one woman show, single mom raising a teenager. That's hard enough. And then to have this business that you really want to become something. So I kind of wanted to give up a little bit, to be honest with you. But it's really also hard to go to nursing school and need to run a business for income and raise a teenage daughter. That was hard, too, the thought of that. So I took a few nursing classes, um, like prerequisites, trying to dabble in it and see if I could do it. And honestly, I couldn't do it. I mean, <laughs> I am I could not do it all. So I had to sit down myself, get my journals out, and say, you know what, life's short. What would really make me happy? What's going to impact my daughter's life where I'm a good role model? And I even asked her. I said, look, I'm going to pickle what, are, what do you think I should do? You know, if I continue on this path with Nora Bloom, what do you, does that feel good to you? And, you know, I said, or could you see me as you like Nurse Holly? Like, she's like, you got to do Nora Bloom. And actually, her middle name is Nora, so she mm-hmm. feels pretty connected to it, too. <laughs> so, like, so she basically said, you know, you got to do your thing. You do have flexible hours. You do, you know, there's more... I mean, I still, part of me thinks I still make a great nurse, but I really think I'm still doing that kind of work in a place where I can be more creative and, and the growth can be, you know, sky's the limit. Right. So I, I did make the right decision, but at that point I just did not know what, what to do next. Right. Is your daughter involved in the business at all? Well, here's what's interesting. She's actually in cosmetology school Okay. and she loves where I'm an esthetician and really focus on skincare, oncology aesthetics, waxing, and makeup. She loves hair, nails, makeup. Um, she has a phenomenal nurturing touch, great personality. It's kind of funny that she chose that career. I mean, so she's only 17, and she's just about um, to be licensed. And so that's really exciting to see that she's kind of followed in my footsteps. Right. But she's doing it in her own way. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. That was kind of a nice surprise, yeah. <laughs> Well, Holly, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story. It's really a great one. Well, thank you for having me.